0: Like we go through school, we go through um, university, we get a job and we're kind of taught how we need to be. Like we need to be a linear thinker. We need to plan ahead. We need to ask for permission. Um, we need to do things the right way, not make mistakes, not fail, not stuff up. And and for a long time, that's really worked. For me, I always felt like I was not quite in the right place. It wasn't really me. I wasn't really in my right skin. And and I was really creative. I didn't realize I was really creative. I didn't realize that this was who I was, that actually the the way that the things that we need to be doing now to being creative, to having ideas, to have the confidence to try something different, and also have the confidence to encourage other people to do that, to encourage other people to say, just give it a go, it'll be fine. Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks podcast. And now, here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer.
1: Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode 25 of the Second Breaks podcast. And my guest today is Sarah Kent, business coach Sarah Kent, who resides in New Zealand. She's actually my first guest from that side of the world. So I'm so excited to introduce you to her. And our topic today is all about really getting to know who you are so that you could create the kind of career that works for you. Now, having a firm understanding or knowledge of who you are, your strengths, your preferences, the conditions in which you excel or you do your best work, and then using that knowledge to choose your path is a surefire way of creating a career that you love. Now, Sarah Kemp is a perfect person to explore this topic with because she exemplifies this perfectly. She started her career as a kindergarten teacher and then she later moved on to HR, to a corporate HR role in organizational development. On the outside, her career looks like it's really taken off and she was earning a great salary, but on the inside, Sarah knew that something wasn't fitting quite that well, right? She was growing increasingly frustrated. She felt that she wasn't doing the kind of work that she really she was really meant to do. And she had this um you know, in the in my conversation with her, she says this thing that you know, she met someone a few years earlier who just loved her work. And you know, and and Sarah thought like, how was this person able to do that? How could this person really just love her work? And so uh, in 2008, Sarah made the leap. She left her corporate career to build a new path that leverages not only her strengths, but also who she is, her preferred work style, and how she wanted to make an impact with the people that she worked with. Today, Sarah is a business coach who helps entrepreneurs create the changes that they want to make in their businesses. In this episode, Sarah and I talked about her career journey, the main factors that pushed her to make a career change, and how she created the opportunities to facilitate the transition. And as Sarah is an experienced business coach, of course, I didn't want to waste that opportunity until I asked for her thoughts or insights on how best to get started with a freelance career or if you had an idea that you wanted to pursue for a product-based business So with that, let me transition to my conversation with Sarah Kent and I'll catch up with you at the back end. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Second Breaks. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So maybe we could start with chatting a little bit first about your uh road to where what you're doing today right so i know that you used to have a corporate hr position if i understand correctly Mm -hmm. so would you mind kind of taking us through your journey what got you you know from your corporate hr to what you're doing today what uh you know the catalyst question you know what made you decide to leave that career
0: yeah sure okay cool um Just one step back, just out of interest, is I used to also, my first career was a um, nursery school teacher, so I taught kindergarten in New Zealand and in the UK, Um, and then um, after that I morphed into uh, an HR career, I wanted to change, I wanted to do something different, and um, I managed to transition with the skills I had into a leadership development role, learning and development role and um, then got qualifications in the human resources and business development side of things. And so I was working in um, organization development in corporate roles for quite a long time. And I really enjoyed the the people side of things, but my role was becoming more and more administrative. So the way that the organizations were worked, because I was internal, I was recruiting people to come in and do leadership coaching and business coaching and Um, do the leadership development work and business development work rather than being able to do it myself. Mm. And I had lots and lots of ideas. And at the same time, I was looking, I was meeting a lot of people who had a lot of really great skills, a lot of talents, but no way to really use them and make them, you know, generate income from them or be able to use them in a wider, wider roles than their work. And I, I became really interested in that. And I also became really interested in finding work that really suits you. I'd meet someone a few years earlier who just loved her work. And I was like, oh, my God, how, how do you do that? How do you just really love your work? <laughs> and so, um, and did so, you get I so lucky, thought, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> how, how can you possibly do that? So yes. it, all of these things were happening at once. And so it just came about that I decided to, um, yeah, over the years, decided just to to go out on my own. And I did to to start with, I went contracting, did some contracting and picked up different contracting roles and then, um, started doing more and more, um, of my own kind of, um, coaching and, um, public and private, um, training courses and things like that for people, um, and doing less kind of large contracts and more small consultancy things. Um, and then again, finding I was doing a lot of the administrative stuff. So moved into doing a lot more coaching. The other thing was that, um, I, um, I am from New Zealand. I grew up here, but i lived in, in, um, London in the UK for 17 years. And I wanted to get a business that I could travel with, that I could move back and forward, that I didn't need to be, sat at a desk with so that was a really big catalyst as well and at the time it was sort of 2007-2008 and I thought yeah that's just not possible but I'll give it a go and it was a really good time to be doing it because things were changing with technology and people were starting to think about it a little bit more so so that's what I did and um, yeah it's changed a lot I did some career transition work and now I work mainly with people in businesses, small businesses, large businesses, business owners. Um, who want to make a change in their business and also want to make a change for themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the thing that's really important for me is that, again, I've found something that I like doing. It's been a long road to it, and it really suits me, and I thrive in it, and I think it's something that we, we don't talk enough about, that kind of your personal side of things So yes, yeah. in business.
1: So. so when you started, you were still in London, or had you returned <laughs> to New Zealand? Yeah, still in London, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you said you, that you, start, you started with doing contractual work. on this, uh, Was that in addition to the full-time job or you quit your job? Or what, how did you actually begin?
0: Um, I quit my job, which I don't um, recommend. And everyone says you shouldn't do and all those things that we all advise. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, I was lucky that at the time I was in a position I could do that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, I think the thing is you don't realize how much you just don't know. And so, um, yeah, diving into it was a really good learning curve. I had no idea how big the learning curve would be, but I did, um, I did dive into it and I did meet a lot of really good people. and, And by diving in, I figured out what I needed to do and what was for me and what wasn't for me. And it was not, it's not an easy journey, but it's never going to be an easy journey because it's such a big change. So, um, yeah, so that's sort of how I did it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Prior to that, you don't have, you were a teacher before and then from, from teaching that you went to HR. So you didn't really actually have a a business sort of owning, you you didn't have prior experience of owning your business or doing freelance,
0: right? (laughs) No, no, no. I was a, I was a real employee. And I wasn't really in, suited to being an employee, but I was, yeah, I was an employee. I mean, you went to work and money came in. Yes. And, yeah. you know, the only sales and marketing I need to do is put out a CV every couple of years and go to an interview. So, again, it was, yeah, it was a real change. And I think I really like that that, that it made it a lot harder, um, but I yeah, had to learn from the, from the start. And right. I think um, it puts me in a good position to help people going through similar things because, Um, particularly if you think, because a lot of the time my thinking was, well, I've never run a business. I don't know what a business does. So who am I to do this? So, um, and I think we get that anyway. Everyone does. So it's quite a good experience. Yeah. Did you shock your family or what was the reaction when, when, when you announced that you were going
1: to do this?
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. It was because I think I was surrounded by so many people. When you're in that kind of bubble, you're, your um, colleagues, the people that I knew, my background, you know, people I knew were all employees. So mm-hmm. it was very different. It was very, very different. And, um, and I think that that's one of the things I, re- I realized over time, it's taken a long time to realize that, that if you want to do something different, you really need to find the people who are doing those things. Um, and really immerse yourself in them because the people around you just don't, don't get it. And that's, that's not no criticism of them. They've found their thing. And they know what they know, and it's just so foreign. So yeah, it did. Yeah, that was my experience as well.
1: I, I didn't realize that my entire ninety nine point nine percent of my network were people who were people who were in the corporate world. And so uh it took me a while to understand. No, I need to go out there and find my new network of people that yeah. I should be yeah. with. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the other thing it was morphing your network. So actually building different, like changing the relationship you had with people who your corporate people because I worked with a lot of the people that I had worked with, mm-hmm. but I worked with them in a different way. And, and people, people know you the way they last worked with you. So if they last worked with me as a, as a teacher or as, um, as someone administrating training programs, then that's who they thought I was. So mm-hmm. it's quite, yeah. Sometimes it's easier to find new people because they see you as you say you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: looking back then, Sarah,
1: what was, what helped you the most during that
0: transition? it was trying things so i'm a real thinker like i'm like you know i like ideas i like um i've done lots of um academic qualifications and things like that and i think that the thing that helped me and has helped me along the way is just go do something and and take those opportunities and the things that worked so well was i i i'm not a formal networker but i went to a lot of informal networking things i've done some formal networking more recently but um, I went to a lot of informal things and I'd meet someone and they'd say, Well, I want to do a talk, you know, like and they would want to do a talk. I said, Well, I've done lots of talks, so that's fine, you know, should we do one? And and we'd do things together, like making those and just taking those opportunities, not really knowing where they're going, um, but actually just taking them and, and running with them. And that's how I found I mean that first talk I did with someone Um, I found the kind of people I wanted to work with because it was called Overcoming Your Fear of Starting a Business. And I was thinking, again, what do I know? (laughs) But um, it was topical and it was at a time when there were a lot of freelancers around, a lot of graphic designers, um, photographers, um, uh, people who were starting to do um, WordPress sites and things like that around who wanted – you know, have conversations about the same thing and needed help. So yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, things, you definitely yeah. uh, you said you said a few minutes ago that uh, no, did you say it or did I read it on your website? I can't remember. But you said that uh, you figured that you weren't really cut out to be a corporate person, a cor- You know, and and the way that you were describing just now, I could see uh, just because you know the you know that you would try different things, that you would just test it out, that you would just jump in, and that's yeah. pretty much. What an entrepreneur, or business owner does, right? Whereas yeah, when you're in a corporate absolutely. sort of environment, you kind of,
0: yeah, you need to get approval. Absolutely, yeah, you're right. Actually, yeah, and I think that's why I resonate so much again with other business owners because you don't have that long lead time to make change. You can change things quite quickly, and I find that exciting. So, yeah. And yeah. um, even the thing that you said earlier
1: about you're not you don't really know what you don't know until you're mm-hmm. actually doing it. And and the thing is, in the corporate world, sometimes we have to and I, I you know, I'm sure you remember this. Mm-hmm. I certainly had this where you have an idea, like you said earlier, mm-hmm. you have a lot of idea. But then in order to um, go ahead and get the pre- approval to proceed with your idea, you have to present the, the case for it. And you, you almost you almost have to show that there is no risk on this thing that you want to pursue, right?
0: Yeah. But you don't
1: really know until you're actually doing it.
0: (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah. And I think I come up against that a lot, actually, because, and also it's something that corporate um, organizations are going to have to change because we're in environments that are changing so much that you can't know now. Project management isn't, well, we need to do the project and we need the right people and we need a plan of the steps. It's, well, we need the right thing for now and we need the right people for now and the right budget for now and we'll try it and then we'll come back and say what happened. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's the only way it works now in the current environment we're in. You can still assess risk, but it's a different way of assessing it. Yeah, Right, exactly. That's exactly yeah. the point.
1: So did you, did you know this about yourself ahead of time? Did you always, or or was this, sort of like uh, self-discovery for you, these things that you learned about yourself along the way? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely self-discovery. Because I think, and I think it happens to a lot of people, you know, like you're saying with corporate, like we go through school, we go through um, university, we get a job and we're kind of taught how we need to be. Like we need to be a linear thinker. We need to plan ahead. We need to um, ask for permission. um, We need to do things the right way, not make mistakes, not fail, not stuff up. And and for a long time that's really worked and sort of historically and and so I think for me I always felt like I was not quite in the right place it wasn't really me I wasn't really in my right skin and and I was really creative I didn't realise I was really creative but um and I I'm not creative in an arty sense I'm creative more in a a kind of messy sense <laughs> um, ideas kind of let's go give it a go and see what happens sort of way yeah. um and I think um yeah I didn't realise that 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 this was who I was that actually the the way that the things that we need to be doing now to being creative, to having ideas, to have the confidence to try something different and also have the conference to encourage other people to do that, to encourage other people to say, just give it a go. It'll be fine. You know, I know the, I know the business books is do it this way, but I can see you really want to do it that way. Have a go and see what happens. And that's what I do. That was the real, I think that was the biggest catalyst, I suppose, for me doing the, the more business side of things because, I don't see myself as kind of like a stereotypical business coach, but um, whatever that is. But um, again, because I'm not linear, I don't say, well, here are the goals. We're going to be here. Now let's kind of whip ourselves till we get there. Um, It's because you go through so many different processes and transitions when you're doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think what really frustrated me was some of the business advice that was given to people coming out who were really enthusiastic just was outdated or – It was outdated. It didn't apply to a solopreneur or a small business owner who didn't have a lot of resources. It was targeted to large organizations. And, um, yeah, it came from a time when um, it's very easy to say these things, you know, find this right client and find that. And it really takes out who you are in the business. And I think that while we need to know exactly who our customers are and be there for them, at the beginning, you really need you want to keep an eye on who you are as well because if you're not there, if you're not in your business and fully committed, then it's not going to work. So I agree. Um, and yeah. I think also some of the advice that's out there, as to your point is
1: outdated. It's, a, it's, it comes from a time when things did not change as fast mm-hmm. as it's changing yeah. now. Right? Yeah, so you can't really absolutely. have a five, 10 year
0: plan because you can't. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, think of, Think of even five years ago, we were doing things really differently. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like exactly. So you can't really, you can't really plan that. So
1: I think these days it's really more. And even if you are in a corporate environment still, I still, I say this now to people is that you have to be more agile because things are changing faster than they've ever been. And so agility is actually the skill that I think is more important, whether you're a business owner or in a corporate career.
0: Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's not to be uh dissing corporate, corporate careers and um, and corporate, um, what what people bring to those. I mean, I think that there is a massive skill set that that you need to have to work and so, to survive in that that environment. And I just don't fit in it. But I really, um, you know, I really, I often, um, yeah, I really think that, yeah, that it works for a lot of people. And I, and I do think that um, sometimes the organisations don't support people in being agile and moving through that fear and they will have to be but I think yeah I think I mean just over the years recently there's been a kind of thing that it's really cool to go and work on your own and it is cool but it's actually terrifying and it's really hard work as well so I just kind of of want to balance that right right. so in in uh, in your
1: world these days Sarah the, the work that you do today do you mostly work with um business owners who are starting their business or advanced like business owners who are established with established businesses and that kind of stuff
0: mostly people who are a year to sort of three years in okay so um yeah so they've got a concept they're they're starting up they've got things moving the wheels are going and they're like okay i just need some help with this um and we don't often don't realize we need help um i mean i'm uh I always think that, yeah, I'm just ridiculously independent, so always found it quite hard to to accept help, and I think that's the other thing that, you know, get get some support, get people to help you, mm-hmm. um, and I've done that, and that's made a big difference, and I find that that helps with other people, and it's not so much around, I always say it's not around coming in and telling you what you're doing or what not doing. It's, coming, it's, it's sitting down with you and saying, well, well, what do you want to happen and how can we make that work? And because I've worked with lots of different businesses, I've been doing it a while, I've got lots of different ideas of how you can do it. Um, And so, yeah, there are, and I always think, you know, there are thousands of ways to run a business. So you don't need to do it. Let's find the way that works for you and your business and your customers. Yeah. I do work with people who are transitioning as well, Mm -hmm. who are coming out of corporate because um, it is such a kind of, um, particularly when you've been very successful in that role and you're very good at what you do, it's a very, it's a transition. It's such a big transition. I mean, the language is different. You don't have the the same structures around you. So that is really big. I um, mean, I do, yeah. And so I do that as well. Um, and I do sometimes I do work with people who are at the later stages with business, and they just want things working differently, or they want less time in their business. They want to free things up. So they can do something else or they're looking to the future and wanting to move on. So Gotcha. So yeah. do you do you it's work fun. do you work primarily with uh you don't just
1: work with uh local clients, right? You work with yeah. Yeah. all around the world,
0: yeah. I set up um yeah, set up so that the way that I work with people is like this, over Skype or over Zoom and or over the phone. Yeah. And I do that even with my local clients. So it's quite funny. So i am meet them down the road and go, Oh, I've got to go home. Cause I've got a call. Oh, it's with you. <laughs> um, and I've tried doing it sort of face to face and, um, but it's just, I'm just so used to doing it this way. And, um, yeah, I find it works really, really well.
1: So, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So, Sarah, yeah. if you don't mind, um, I just wanted to uh, take advantage of your expertise. Now that you are, you know, we're chatting. So let's, for example, say, so as you know, you know, the second, the second Breaks podcast is really, you know, about people who are looking to make a change or for people who are looking to make a change. So it is very likely that someone listening uh, to our chat today is say- saying, well, I have I have expertise in a particular area that I want to leverage and and, uh, and be a freelancer or a contractor, right and so that um, and so, for example, let's say I'm a web developer and I could do web design you know as a freelancer, and so uh, someone someone with that sort of uh, expertise or kind of want to go the freelancer route, uh, what would you suggest? Where should they start, or how should they go about it?
0: Um, I think just really practical, if you think, well, I'd like to design websites, see design websites for people. So find some people who want a website and design it for them in some way. So you don't, it doesn't have to be massive. You don't need to have your own website or anything. Just find some friends or friends of friends and design some websites for them. And um, you could do it uh, for a small amount or you can do it, depending on how confident you feel around charging, do what you want, do it for nothing, do it for um, in return for feedback and things like that. Um, and then the next step, is to um, decide okay I've done made some websites for people and then get the feedback from people and find out what is it that was different so they didn't have a website or they had one and it wasn't working or something then you gave them their website what's now different for them so Mm -hmm. it might be well they've got a website but it might just be well my website's working differently or um, because I've got this website this is happening and this is happening and then also find out that what, what did they find helpful working with you? So how, what were they concerned about before? And then they worked with you and what did that happen? And those sorts of things are really important because you're testing out things. You're saying, okay, that, because the biggest thing of business is that you're making a difference. It doesn't matter whether you're creating websites or doing coaching like I do or um, writing a book. What is the difference it makes to people? Um, and you, can't, you can sit at your desk and go, what problems am I solving and who am I solving it for? And do it in quite an intellectual way. But if you actually go out and talk to people, it's much scarier, but you get much more information straight away. So you're doing your research and development straight away. You're doing some marketing. You're getting known. People are going, oh, you do websites. Who knew kind of thing? Right. And um, they will tell people. Yeah. So that's the other thing. Um, If it's more of a um, – because with a website, you feel like, well, you've got something. Sometimes with coaching and consulting, you feel like, and particularly in some of the health areas, you feel like you're selling fresh air so cuz it's a service yes and so it's like well ugh. and so when you do that just talk interview people think well who might need this and you know what do i think would be the difference that i make and you might know you might not know cuz we can't know you know we do it all the time so mm. we can't really tell mm-hmm. what difference we make exactly um yeah and so talk to people interview them and so often when i'm working with people doing this i get them to to just talk to their friends and say who do you know who I mean, it might be if you're a massage therapist, who do you know who has lots of headaches and they want to get rid of their headaches or something? Or who do you know who has, um, you know, works at a, a computer and is really hunched like me um, and, and you know, has back pain or something like that, a problem that needs solving. And so can I, could you ask them if I can talk to them? So you're not pitching or selling. All you're doing is saying, um, look, I'm doing some research for this project I'm doing. And then you have a talk to them. You find out what happens, the headache, you know, what their headaches are, what would it be like if they didn't have them? Have they tried a massage before? Have they done this? Have they done that? And then ask them all those questions. And then because it's a massage, you might say, well, you know, I'll give you a free, free thirty minute massage. And then who else do you know who's similar to you who has this problem? Mm-hmm. And so then you'll give them a free one. Or you and so and if you're doing other services, you might not give them a you might not give them a free massage. You might just say, look, thank you so much. Um, I've got I'm collating all the information. I'll send it to you. And I'll send you some things you can do. Hmm. So, and um, you know, who else can? And so, the two questions I think, yeah, who who do you know? Who else do you know who has these issues? Because I'd really like to talk to them. So you're talking to people who have the problem you solve, and you're finding out about them, who they are, what they need, and and then go from there. So, and the the beauty of doing that is you get to talk with really real humans. Um, they may not become your customers. You're not trying to convert anyone. You're talking to people who want your information. Um, you're getting a lot of information from them, so you know how to talk about what you do in their language, in the terms of the words they use to get That's it out. Very them. good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 But, exactly. So they might. Yeah, they might be saying, "Oh, I've got a headache. I need to go and get." Yeah, you know, they may, may be saying different different words, not my words. And then, um, and then after that, you, um, yeah. So you have their words. You know what what they need, and you also have this small group of people you you build up just from talking to people who, who know you as someone who solves that problem. Mm-hmm. So they may not have experienced it yet, but they know you as someone who's talking about that. And you have some small, some people who you can go back to and say, look, here's some information I've put out there. Here's some information. And if you want to be doing things like creating, starting to create information um, online, if you want to be creating an email list or you just simply want to be talking to people, you could be saying, look, he's, Here's the information. I'll message it to you, and this might help with your headache. Or, you know, next time you have a headache, push this muscle here, and it might release it. And you're giving people useful information, and that that's marketing, but it's really helpful. It's not you're not kind of shouting at anyone or things like that. And you also you're setting yourself apart because you're known as, oh, okay, she's someone who I just, you know, I don't go to this person just um for a relax. You know, it's relaxing. But actually, she knows what she's talking about. You know, when she gave me that advice, it worked. You're building your credibility as well, and and all these things can, can be used as your content. If you want to be de- developing content online, you can use that. But you're not, yeah. You're not shouting to people and hoping and praying that someone might notice you. Um, you're actually figuring out who they are. Yeah, and it's a useful process to go to because also go through because also you realise actually, um that was really interesting. You know, I don't know that that was interesting process. I don't know that they're the right people for me. They, you know they might be but yeah or I need to tweak it a bit or I actually yeah. yeah also I think that it
1: frees up I think a lot of people who come from the corporate world and who have who has no prior experience of uh, selling their skill set or their mm-hmm. you know their services freeze when they have to think about acquiring oh, clients yeah. right but yes. the way that you yep. describe it you're not they're not actually acquiring clients you're just talking no. you're talking about a topic that you like talking about anyway yeah
0: and so you yes. kind of you know it's it freezes up that you know <laughs> it does yeah, pressure, yeah right? absolutely yeah and that's the biggest thing is we kind of go ah we don't know how to market and sell ourselves and then we kind of go down this road that well you know we look outside a thing we think oh well that's how people do it you know that's how someone sold me a car or that's how they market on tv and and there are loads of different ways of doing it i mean and you don't i mean you don't even have to do it the example i give you can do it all by email if you want to if you're very if you you prefer you don't have to do it that way exactly Um, and you can do it in the way that you're comfortable and I think um the people I work with really like to make a difference and being of service is important to them so um if you're when you're having conversations like that with people you're being of service and you're making a difference and and that's motivating so yeah so it is um yeah it's an exciting way to do it and then after that you can you can pick what works and automate that so you don't to do it all the time that way but yeah exactly and
1: yeah no no what about what about if it's not a service-based thing what about if they had a a product idea they had this idea that they could build something or uh maybe they like uh you know uh creating you know cards greeting cards or something and they're thinking oh i can make a business out of this
0: so how you know how should they start or how should they go about it the same thing the same way create the cards um show them to people offer them to people price them
1: mm. um it's
0: slightly different because you you want to price them straight off because you don't just want to say to your auntie oh here's a card do you like it do you think this is a good idea because they'll say well yeah it's a good idea that's a great idea or they'll say oh no i don't like the pink you've put on that flower or something so you don't want that sort of feedback you want actually um here's some cards i wonder who will buy these cards ah yeah. And you can, um, yeah. And will they buy them at the price that I need to be charging to make it viable? Hmm. Um, and I think it's a little bit different with products because you have to think about volume and all those sorts of things. But actually, to start with, you just need to know, can I make a card? Do I enjoy making it? Do I enjoy the process of getting it out to, to sell? And so some people will sell cards on an Etsy store. Some people will say, actually, I just want to do the design and I'm going find, to find a card manufacturer who wants my design. Others will put up, um, an email. Some people might go to the local market. It just depends on what you want, what you want the business to be and how big it needs to be and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You, um, but start, yeah, have an idea and start with the idea. So, cause, um, yeah, start, make some cards, put a price on them, sell them, find out who wants to buy them and see what the, the feedback is. Um, if some people don't like them, don't want them criticize them criticize the price don't worry take them out to some other people mm, mm. um and do it that way uh and the, yeah so i think yeah it is a little different with with products and that i mean i think it is is that you it's very easy with product to think i like making cards or i like making cupcakes or i like making this really cool um app and forgetting and we all do this in whatever business forgetting the enormous amount of work that goes into producing it marketing it and selling it and then the and and administrating it and financing it and all those things yes yeah. so often ideas people want to be able to generate more and more and more ideas but the ideas are only the start and I think if you, you you make something and you try it and see um that's only the tiny drop in the ocean it's the first step Mm-hmm. Because after that, you do need to see, is there a regular market for this and is it going to sell and, and those sorts of things. Um, the thing with products as well, and to a certain extent with services, but more with products is that um, you could have a fantastic product um, and you could not be getting the results you want in terms of sales, but you don't realize that you're not doing all the marketing and all the selling that you need to do. So it takes a lot more work than we think. Um And so I know I've had some people who have said, well, you know, I've made these things and I've made a website and I've put them on my website and I've been talking about them on my blog and I've posted on Facebook and they've not sold. And it's like, well, are they in front of the right audience? Mm -hmm. Are they, are you putting them in front of people who want them? Is your site an e-commerce site and set up right? Or is it set up more for some other sort of, um, sort of business, um, Is your languaging right? Are you languaging it right? And all the writing copy and all those sorts of things Mm -hmm. um, come into it. And it's the same um, with suppliers, you know, we've got these suppliers and sorry, um, if you have someone like selling on commission and things like that, it's making sure that those relationships are right. And so, yeah.
1: But I, I also like what you said earlier about, you know, asking yourself whether you enjoy the process. because sometimes, you know, maybe you enjoy baking, maybe you enjoy baking for your family or for your friends, but then when it becomes a business, it's a totally different experience for you and you may no longer enjoy it.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. We think that people are in business, they know about business, but often we get into business because we know about the thing we do. You know we know we're a hairdresser, we know we're you know we've been in a um a finance position or a accountant or we know how to do that, but we don't really understand how to make it work, and then we go out and learn how to make it work, um but we've actually learned a way that helps it makes it work for other people. It might not work so well for us mm-hmm. and for our our business model and our customers so yeah, it does sound complicated I think yeah the the and the the hardest thing, I think, is being able to um, get to a point where you kind of like all of the process or you're able to help get people in to do the bits you, you don't like and aren't good at. But that takes a while and to get to that, mm. that point. Um, and there is a lot of trial and error. There's a lot of prototyping. There's a lot of testing and trying. And a lot of the people I work with have started um, things because they want a change, similar to you. They want a big change. And when you're going through a change, you really need to give yourself some time to Mm. to test things out. And we often get anxious because we don't have the right thing yet. We've not, we've got not, I think it's this, no, I think it's this, no, I think it's this. And I always say to people, it's perfectly normal. You know, you go through that for about a year of thinking, am I doing this? I'll do this, I'll do this. And everyone, you drive everyone insane around you. Yeah. And they'll be saying, for God's sake, just settle down and, and find something and make some money. And you'll drive yourself crazy. But it is all part of the process. So. Yeah,
1: I, uh, I can totally relate to that last one. And then I was uh, I was berating myself because I'm like, why can't you figure already? And I was like, yes, but it's part of the process that you have to
0: go through. So, yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. The trick is making um, the most of your idea. So if you've got an idea, think, OK, I've got this idea. I'm going to make it. I'm going to try it and give yourself time to try it. But try the whole process. Try developing the concept. Try marketing. Try selling it and and try doing it some other way. And what you've done then is it, it may not be the thing you're doing, but at least you've practiced the process and you've also, you've developed loads of skills along the way because those steps you've taken with that product or service you can take with the next crazy idea you come up with. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So uh, two last questions, Sarah. One (laughs) is uh, this thing that I'm doing now. And you are, I think you are like the second or the third victim (laughs) of the show. Where I'm starting to ask people like if there is a good book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction that you can recommend. And I am... I am a book nerd myself, so I'm yeah, always looking yeah. for uh, recommendations for good books. And I know a yeah. few people have reached out to me who are listeners of the show asking me for
0: book recommendations. So I said, why don't I just throw it out to the guests? Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I read hundreds of books. So I was thinking about one I've read recently, which I found really helpful, is uh, Essentialism. And I think it's it's by Jeff McCown. Yes, Jeff, McKeon, Jeff McCown. Yes, yeah. yes, I know that book. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I really like that. Um, yeah, it's about getting rid of the things that aren't essential, obviously, and, and focusing what's on most important. And I think it's really helpful for our lives, but it's really important in our businesses. Cause, um, I always say, keep it simple, enjoyable, and profitable. And the essentialism really helps us simplify. Yeah. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then one yeah. last, thank you for that recommendation, Sarah. And then one last question, where can people find you? sarah-kent.com is my website I'm on Facebook as Sarah Kent Business Coach um, Instagram as Sarah Kent Business and Twitter as Sarah underscore uh, S under, underscore S Kent not only about mirror match but you know Poor old... well i will uh,
1: i will double check the twitter account and then i will put the links on the show notes for this episode thank you so
0: much
1: <laughs> <laughs> well sarah this was fun thank you so much for sharing your career story with us and also for all your insights for you know sharing your expertise with us this afternoon or this morning is it morning yeah yes yeah, half eight in the morning half nine
0: in the morning here yeah thank you so much i enjoyed that
1: If this was the very first Second Breaks podcast episode you've ever listened to, Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed that episode and would want to come back and listen for more. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much. I so appreciate you. And I would be so, so grateful if you would leave me a rating and review on iTunes. That would help me tremendously. It would help get this podcast in front of the people who could benefit the most, people who are looking to make a change in their careers, people who could benefit from our guests, from our expert insights. So all you have to do is go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will take you directly to iTunes where you can leave your rating and review. Thank you so much. Now that is a wrap for today's episode, my friends. You can find the show notes plus links to all the relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode two five. You can leave a comment there or a question for Sarah. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. Uh, Or you can also tweet me at secondbreaks or send me an email, lou at secondbreaks.com. I would love to have a conversation with you. We've got a pretty good backlist of episodes now, so you can download past episodes on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, or even better, subscribe to the podcast so you won't ever have to miss any of the future episodes. I will be back next week with a special episode, actually, because next week is Thanksgiving here in the United States. So I have got a few things that I wanted to share with you, some reflections and some things that I am grateful for with respect to the career pivot, the career change that I've made. And so I hope that you'll be back to listen to that. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.
0: This is the Second Breaks Podcast.